I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This, two, is one. The Real Brian Show. Oh my goodness, this week, once again, I am nerding out with Mango Droplet. Actually, that's uh, Dr. Mango Droplet to you. We're going to be nerding out about some very fine stuff again this week. We're going to get real, of course, and uh, drinking some some good stuff here. Drinking some coffee. I like that. Let's rock it! So thank you for joining me. I, oh boy, my coffee new... My new coffee roaster. I was going to say my coffee new roaster. It is a new roaster. My coffee new roaster is actually from, well, I don't know where it's from. I think it's from the U.S. actually. But let's say it's my new coffee roaster that has Papua New Guinea. I just want to say new because new is exciting. Anyway, the new coffee roaster is in full use right now. So exciting. I've got some Papua New Guinea that I just roasted up. It's a light roast that I did from the Sigri Estate. Oh. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. All right, so we're going to be nerded out about some crazy stuff today. I got some uh, some TV shows to talk to you about. Did you know that Shannara Chronicles season two is out right now? Marvel's Runaways, stuff like that. I got some thoughts, and we got a pizza debate here that I want to bring up. Somebody has created a real life holodeck. That's right, from Star Trek. Wow. There's a lot more coming, by the way. But I'm also going to be reintroducing the espresso shot. Now, if you remember, I used to do the midweek espresso shot about six months ago. We did a Wednesday episode. I'm not going to do an additional episode, but I'm going to be reintegrating this back into our normal Friday episodes because people have been asking me for it. It's so funny. They're like, man, I missed those. And I thought, okay, well, we'll we'll introduce those. Well, I guess we'll reintegrate, right? Or integrate. I don't know. Anyway, one way or the other, we're going to bring that back into the show. And you know, when I've got something to share, I'm going to be sharing it. It's going to be fun. Hey, I want to say thank you so much specifically to Josh and Amanda for supporting The Real Brian Show on Patreon. Thank you. I wanted to start recognizing uh, a couple of you once in a while to say uh, thank you very, very much. I mean, really, really does help. It's a huge, huge blessing. So thank you. And of course, if you want to support The Real Brian Show on Patreon, go over to patreon.com slash Show. I would really appreciate it. Do check it out, though. Well, now you do know that Anna Mango Droplet is with me today. Second week in a row. Welcome back. I'm so glad to be back. Last week, we get into the show. You know, the introduction comes and I was getting ready to say Mango Droplet. And all of a sudden, we just started talking and it was really, really good conversation. And it just, I mean, it took off. You and I did really well when it comes to that, you know? We have a good, we have a good chemistry. Yeah, that was good. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying it's bugging me the entire time going, I need to introduce Anna. Nobody knows who's with me. And it just kept going and going and going. And about halfway through the show, I finally said, forget it. I give up. I'm going to become a teacher, you know, (laughs) I got to tell you, you know how you wonder, is anyone listening to your show? You know, do they like your show? Because, you know, feedback is so important. And most podcasters, they don't get a lot of feedback. Some do, but most don't. Right. I got so much feedback this week. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you listened to the show. That's awesome. Hey, did you know that you didn't introduce your guest? (laughs) 
So, you know, like 45 people later, I'm like, yeah, yes, I, yes. So they're just like, who is this female talking head? And then later at the end, they're like, oh, she was on a couple of episodes back. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty funny. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Mango Joplin. (laughs) But you're back this uh, week, which is so cool. Yeah. You can Facebook, Instagram me, all the things, and you'll find me. In fact, I actually have been on residency interviews, and I've actually had some people be like, Mango Joplin, and I'm like, how do you know who I am? And then I realized I'm actually very public on the internets, and like people can very easily figure out who I am. Are you on the MySpaces? Oh, please don't go to my MySpaces. (laughs) I pulled up the photos for that. Wait, I thought MySpace was dead. Oh, I don't even know if it exists anymore, but like I have Facebook from with MySpace photos and I'm like, wow, why did I why did I ever do that? I See, don't know. Why did anyone ever MySpace? That is one of those like black marks on on our history. <laughs> well, I mean, MySpace was like the alternative for Facebook. But like the problem is when you have the MySpace angle photos, like I have photos that were like oh, emo yeah. child <laughs> with the photoshopped backgrounds that are like yeah. all neon and things. And I had the haircut that went past your eyes and was like all fluffy. And I yeah. have one photo of me with black lipstick with like a cross in the background with me like screaming, pretending to be a devil child. It's just bad. Yeah. Like now you probably want to go look at it. But uh, oh, I don't even me. think MySpace is around. I is it not? Oh, I thought they went out of business a few years ago. I mean, maybe I wonder what Tom surprised. is doing nowadays. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's funny, though. I mean, you look back and you're like, oh, yeah. When somebody brings up MySpace, you're like, oh, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. And then I remember when Facebook, because this was like right around the MySpace time, Facebook went public. Oh, did you get Facebook when you had to have a school email? No. So this was like I didn't do anything with Facebook and because I didn't even really know about it. I just heard something mm-hmm. about, oh, there's this college thing. Right. which was Facebook. And I was like, oh, whatever. And then all of a sudden they're like, Facebook went public. I'm like, what's Facebook? And I checked, but I was like one of the early non-school adopters. Yeah. <laughs> and I, oh, I used to love Facebook because it's like when you post something, everybody would see it. And then when uh-huh. they post something, everybody would see it. And it, you, you know, you'd be in conversation and then they changed everything. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, all the algorithms and the whole, yeah. why are you selling me this? I don't want to see this. I know. Please and then know. they're trying, like you talked about last week, they're trying to change some stuff up again. Whatever. I, well, what are you nerding out about right now? So I'm nerding out about podcasts because for me, like having to travel a bunch and being a student, I need a good way of kind of getting uh, good like tidbits of information. Uh, so for me, I've been doing uh, like the daily or up first NPR and from the New York Times. And it's basically like, this is the news for the day and here's an interesting tidbit about it. So it's like a good good one to like stay on top of things and seem like you're you know your stuff without having to, you know, spend too much time on it. They're typically like twenty minutes or something and you play them yeah. at one and a half speed. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. I like doing that. Yeah, they sound like chipmunks. So let me and ask it you this. Works well. Yeah. Is the news I mean they're they're presenting like actual factual news, right? Correct. Is there anything positive? In these news broadcasts or are they all negative? I'm trying to, I don't listen to news or watch news anymore. I just kind of gave up on it because of that. Yeah. Is there anybody um, saying, Hey, look at this amazing, you know, human interest story. No. So these are more like political factual stories and specifically more political global news. It's basically like the scandals that are going on with the Olympics and oh wow. so those kind of news stories. So not a lot of human happy things. If I want my human happy things, I do you have to come uh, more. I do like StoryCorps yeah. or here yeah. uh, or this podcast. So stuff like that. It's definitely more kind of just factual stuff that my nerdy political friends like. Gotcha. Yeah. Did you ever see, I know this is an older movie now, but it was Robin Williams. Good morning, Vietnam. 
No, I didn't. It's actually a really good movie. I know a lot of people who haven't seen it, but it's it's worth watching. I liked his style. And I of course, this was based on a true story. Dude okay. named Adrian Cronauer back in Vietnam. He would take news, though, and he'd make fun of it. And it was really oh. funny. And I thought, man, that would be kind of a cool idea. Somebody to do a news broadcast that's actually taking real news. But it's a, you know, it's like a satire or some kind of a comedy on it. Yeah. It makes things a little bit lighter. Like you're still Definitely. getting your dose, but you know, you're laughing at the same time. I mean, they actually, there was an interesting piece a couple months ago talking about how of all the news folks who are doing the best on covering our political news nowadays, it's the comedians. So mm-hmm. like uh, Samantha V and Oliver, John Oliver and Stephen Colbert, like they're, and, and Seth Meyers, Seth Meyers, mm-hmm. like they're doing a good job of calling our president out on his BS and not taking the things that we previously wouldn't take seriously, like making sure we still don't take those seriously. Cause you're like, no, th- this is frankly ridiculous and we should not be taking this seriously. Whereas on traditional news outlets, people are like bringing in pundits for like this ridiculous thing where you're <laughs> like this, this shouldn't even be a question. This idea of like treating news that shouldn't be treated seriously, treating it seriously gives it like a l- element or a, elevation and status that we should not be giving so i completely like the comedians and those guys kind of ha- being more hard-hitting yeah. than that on those things yeah i think it'd be fun <laughs> yeah i'd be it would be tons of fun yeah it's a lot of work though like the wake up at like 3 a.m or whatnot and like come up with everything and then try to cover it it's a lot it's a lot of work i don't know where people are living right now but i still hear people saying what's a podcast <laughs> yeah and no like, i was a wow. podcast Way back though, I started in two thousand and seven, two thousand six. That I was on podcast back then. Yeah. Oh, well, they were what? What didn't they kind of get created in two thousand four or five, something like that? Yeah, and like we were using RSS feeds at that point. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have all these like podcast aggregators. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of that, what are you on uh, iPhone or are you on a uh, Android? I am on an Android. What's um, your favorite podcast app? Because people oh, ask me about this and I don't know Android, so yeah. figured I'd ask. I use, I've been using Podbean previously, but I actually just got into CastBox and I think I really Ooh. like CastBox even more. Like it's interesting because they have channels too. There's just a lot of ways to customize it. It doesn't cost any money. It's completely free. Um, if you want to pay a dollar a month for like upgraded features, really the upgraded features are unnecessary. It's really just to support them. So I really like that and I like Podbean, but both both of these apps, they let you download podcasts. I like CastBox more because you can actually make your own playlist of all the podcasts you want to listen to, like just the episodes you want to listen to, which because I can find it pretty hard to stay on top of it because I'm like subscribed to 50 billion podcasts. I, yeah, I so just heard about CastBox too, so that's cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Nice. Very good one. Good. Okay, so yeah. speaking of ways to you know consume things, March Madness is coming. And if you're any kind of, you know, college basketball fan or whatever, this is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. I've got people saying, I, I got to go get a cable subscription. No, no, don't do it. Oh my gosh. It's amazing too, because what I'm finding is that if you have to buy a cable subscription, it's something like 170 a month, It's ridiculous. which does not include internet, by the way, this is just for the channels because the standard cable subscriptions don't include the channels you're going to need for March madness. So I want everybody let to me, wait a minute. Let, you know, if you let me. Let me get on my soapbox for that. Oh, for oh please second. do. So this is literally why why people are fighting for net neutrality because cable is doing what people are worried internet will do. Yeah. So like cable 
parsed it out into the football package and the base and the basketball package and the you know the the Hollywood stuff package and so like you can get your base subscription but then you also have to get the side subscriptions which is like ridiculous and now you see more and more people like shunting off and just avoiding cable altogether going to like online streaming and all these other sources but the mm-hmm. problem with the internet is that we can't do that because the internet is the internet so that's why we need, need net neutrality and you should support it and that was my little soapbox no i'm glad you said that because i think there's there's definitely something to be said about that is that there's i have no problem with business i've said this before on the show i you know i'm a business person myself but there becomes a point where i think businesses cross the line and it just becomes all about pure greed and money and that's exactly what's going on and i know uh, miss ice and i talked about this with you know football in general and some of the sports stuff the sports teams are in bed with the cable companies, of course, because they want to make money. If you, you know, can go on to like ESPN.com or whatever it is and stream all of the March Madness games for free, they make no money, right? Although they do with advertising, but it's just not enough. Right. So now we need to charge you more. Here's the thing though. $170 a month is crazy. I don't have a problem. I cut the cable, cut the cord, whatever you want to call it. I, I have no problem going in and saying I'll pay for a sling package because they're going to have channels that broadcast, you know, the NCAA tournaments and stuff like that. But then I know CBS all access is doing like the final four in the championship game. Okay, fine. You know, then pay 10 bucks. But I was thinking that what I think it's about probably two months total that you'll have to pay even with paying two months total. You might be paying around like $80 total versus one month of actual cables 170 one way or the other they're they're trying to just get our money right and and the crazy thing is like you actually mentioned oh yeah people nowadays don't know what podcasts are like there are still people who are using cable which is insane to me in my generation where we're actually like the generation that doesn't use cable wow people still overwhelmingly use cable and it's it's just unfathomable like my family never ever had cable we actually used antenna my whole life and then we had to upgrade to those like digital boxes and we mm-hmm. still have an antenna plugged into that so nice. like that's how little we as a family watch tv we do everything online yeah yeah oh let's it was so funny because i think we had cable for a couple of years because at the time that was like a better deal than just doing internet uh-huh. but i mean that's gone way out of control now it's totally different right. but as soon as right. i had the chance you know i cut cable and just got the internet and did everything else online from there on out but, right. you know, I don't know. And even then, it's like you've got shows like Marvel's Runaways, for example, which, oh, well, it's a Hulu special. And, oh, no, you know, if you want to watch this, you got to go to Netflix. And if you want to watch this, you got to go to Amazon. And I'm like, I'm not paying for all these services. Right. <laughs> this is crazy. And then right. again, you know, then you can go on to iTunes or whatever and buy them and put them on. And I, obviously, there's less than above board ways to watch these things. That we are not condoning in any way, <laughs> shape or form. Nor nor recommending or uh, yeah. even sharing. So we go to movies. You go to movies, right? I do you go yeah, to theater. Absolutely. You're willing to pay money to go see a movie. Yeah. I just had a discussion about this. This is voting with your dollar. Like exactly. if you hate, if you hate Sony or if you hate, you know, Fox, then don't pay, don't go and watch Fox movies in the theater. And if you want to support like indie folks or folks that actually produce good movies, you buy the freaking movie ticket. Even if it's like me as a pragmatic person, did not support watching movies growing up. But now I'm like, you know what? I have some expendable income or I try to, but I'm in a lot of debt. But when I do have expendable income, like I go watch movies that I want to support in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I usually forget that I vote with my dollar because I'm kind of like, well, I want that. Okay. I'll go buy that or I'll go pay for <laughs> whatever it is. Right? right. But then you're like, no, you really actually do vote with your dollar. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Cause I, 
I was reminded one of the local coffee shops just started carrying ice cream. <laughs> but the thing is, is I like an affogato, which is, you know, a scoop of ice cream and espresso oh, yeah. poured over it. So mm-hmm. it's just amazing. Good. Yeah. But he was telling us, you know, well, we're not giving any of this away. We're not. I mean, you can sample the ice cream to see if you like it or not. But his whole thing is this is all about seeing how people vote with their dollars. Is this something that right. we actually want to continue to carry or not? And I thought, well, yeah, that's duh. I mean, that's that's how you figure it out. Because, I mean, you can get people saying, oh, I totally support that. And I love that until you put, you know, okay, will you buy this? And right. most of the time people are like, oh, I forgot my wallet as they drive right. away. Right. Yeah. No, and it's <laughs> funny because you actually see in movies how like the China is making a huge deal. Like they are starting to cast places or put places in China or have particular Asian actors in certain roles, which I, which I like, I'm glad about, but like, it's very interesting to see kind of how they change their movie styles to kind of get a bigger audience. Yeah. Okay. So one show though, that I wanted to talk about really quickly because it just came out on Netflix, which I appreciate finally. Okay. Shannara Chronicles season two. I never watched the first one. I know I'm Um, supposed to. It's good. Okay. MTV did it, so it's definitely got that MTV flair, which can be a little annoying at times. Okay. Uh, at least to me anyway, because it's like, you know, you've got this fantasy story, but it's in our future and it's really cool. And then you've got this really cheesy acting romance crap that really isn't romantic or and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> most people I know are just like, oh, God, that was terrible. Um, right. But Spike took over for season two. I still like season one, though. I watched the first of season two. We'll see what happens. It's interesting. Apparently, it takes place Didn't a year season later. Season three get canceled though. Let's see. The Shannara Chronicles are canceled on Spike, so I don't oh. know. Yeah. Oh, well, that, oh, okay. That must have been a recent thing. Yes, well, it was bad. like a week ago. Bummer. Yeah, but maybe they'll have it somewhere else. How do you, so? How does it on a scale from like Game of Thrones to like Aragorn? Like how how does it go <laughs> Didn't on that like scale? Lord of the Rings. No, 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 Aragorn. No, the the. The one with the, um, it was like a really good set of books. Oh, oh Aragon. Er- oh, oh. Aragon. Yeah, Aragon. yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And that was a terrible, terrible movie. Like what, <sighs> on, on that spectrum. So first of all, uh, I read the Aragon books and the books were I did. amazing. I loved them. Yeah. yeah. So that was one. I'm not usually as picky with book and okay. movie. And like, for example, Ready Player One coming out here at the end of March. Oh, I'm so Loved excited. the book. I don't know what they're going to do with the movie, but I got to tell you, Aragon was one of those where the book was absolutely fantastic and the movie was absolutely horrible. I mean, like it was yeah. so far different, so bad. That's, that's why I that's yeah. why I use that one as the other example. Because Game of Thrones, like great books and also the series is really good, but they don't necessarily follow each other. And then you sure. have the opposite spectrum where it's like good books, but oh my God, was the movie so bad. Yeah, well, I see and I didn't read the Shannara book, so I'm not sure, but okay. I would say that, okay, so some of the lore from what I understand and again, this is talking to friends who have read the Shannara books. Some of the lore, some of the way that they've done it is pretty cool. I'd say in between. Okay. I haven't seen, okay. honestly, I've never watched Game of Thrones. What? So I know How I'm, are you a nerd and I'm have like, not seen Game of Thrones? I'm like one of the only people that hasn't. I feel like I should revoke your nerd status. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I could quote Star Trek The Next Generation, so. Okay, so you're like an old school nerdy. No, I just, there. no, I still like the new stuff too. I just, that's just one thing I haven't watched. No, but you got like nerd cred. I don't got nerd cred, so. <laughs> <laughs> I so I don't know as far as I've heard quality wise with Game of Thrones. It's amazing, but I don't know. Just go check it out and see. You know what's really good to you? I actually like the hundred. 
I don't know if you see that. I've the hundred is like in the future mm-hmm. sort of situation. I like it. No, I heard they did something crazy. Was it last year? They called oh. somebody off. Or I, I don't know. I don't. I, I, like I said, I've only seen oh. part of it. Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, they yeah. kill people. People have died. Well, everybody dies, but that it's like one of those. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. Everybody eventually dies, right? Isn't that <laughs> what I've heard? <laughs> Everyone dies. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. I'm going back and watching Star Wars Rebels finally because a friend of mine was one of the executive producers <laughs> in season one. And I watched it years ago. And, you know, and they once in a while they'll have like you can watch the first two seasons for free on DisneyXD.com or whatever it is. But that's um, a thing. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what that's what it airs on. So that's kind of like when I try to watch them. But um, anyway, I was I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I miss this show. And what's interesting is, you know, after seeing The Last Jedi and then having everybody's opinions on The Last Jedi, I thought, you know, uh, Star Wars Rebels was probably a little bit closer, even though it's a quote, cartoon. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't feel like a kid's show. <laughs> Honestly, like I think okay. Phantom Menace feels more like a kid's show than Rebels does. But storyline, it's in between episode three and episode four. Okay. of Star Wars, but I think it's closer to the lore from what I remember, but it just, it seems kind of cool. Yeah. But you know, it's a cartoon. It's fun. It's happy. There's a couple of really dumb, cheesy episodes that you're like, why? <laughs> so how did you feel of Star Wars decision uh, of Disney's decision for, this is like hailing way back now, but like Disney's decision to pretty much to say, nope, none of the lore that has popped up in the meantime is, is going to be part of our universe. We don't accept any of it. And now like they went even a step further saying we're trying to kill off all of old star Wars and it's supposed to be the new generation and new star Wars. So is that actually confirmed? Yeah, that was said by one of the executive producers. I think was just like, guys, it's not your old star Wars. Like we're trying to make a whole new generation. I have no problem with them doing something new because one of the things that I said was what's done is done and you're just going to keep rehashing old stories. Right. So to me, doing something new is fine, but completely ignoring, you know, the main storyline, the main canon. What do they call like even the expanded? It's universe. the canon, yeah, the expanded universe. Yeah. Like they just dis- disregarded the expanded. Universe. I have a problem. Well, I, I, the expanded universe was never always a part of it. Sometimes it was, and sometimes right. it wasn't. It kind of depended on what George Lucas wanted to do at the time. But for example, with Star Wars Rebels, like I just said, in Rogue One you actually see the ship from Star Wars Rebels flying with the fleet. And you actually hear them say, Commander Hera, come to the whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they did a lot of nods to Star Wars Rebels, to the expanded universe. To me, that was really cool. That was sort of saying, fans, we recognize you and we're going to honor you. To come in and say, we're going to throw that all out and forget you and, you know, we're going to do whatever we want. That's just rude, man. That's disrespectful. It was like somebody trying to defend the new movie to be like, guys, like we're just trying to have new. Yes, the old things happened in the past, but like it's not going to be. I I don't remember what the article was, but I had read it and it was like pretty soon after this most recent movie. I don't know. I'm trying to like stay away from spoilers in case people haven't watched it, but I have so many things to say. I can't say. (laughs) I know. Well, (laughs) I just kind of at this point, I just kind of said, whatever, it's it's done. It's over, you know. Um, Now, speaking of movies, since we're on it really quickly, though, I do want to go see going to go see greatest showman. Finally, I'm so for excited for it. I like want to, I, mm, you're going to oh, go see it. Oh, I will. I'm going to, I have to see it this, Good. this weekend. I've like, heard it's fantastic. This is me. That this is me. Um, music video is just so like, Oh, it's an anthem. Oh, yeah. so good. I've I heard just, it's so fantastic. It's so exciting. It's, uh, it's, the music <laughs> is so good. The Wait. cinematography looks like so much fun. Yeah. Oh, why? Well, it's a true story. And it's a, 
Zendaya. Oh God, I love Zendaya and Zac Efron. They're all pretty people. All pretty. People. What about so, Hugh Jackman though? I mean, he's he's a pretty man who can sing, so it's nice. <laughs> it's all pretty. Everything's Wolverine. pretty. But no, Zendaya. Ooh, she's so pretty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited. We're going to go. Speaking to. What about Maze Runner? The new Maze Runner. I want to see it. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see Shape of Water too. Uh, oh, that's that's okay. a little older, but uh, not older, but it's like a little bit released a little bit more back. But I do want to see Shape of Water. I'm excited about that one as well. So Black Panther comes out in a couple of weeks. You excited about apparently, that? Apparently it's had the greatest pre-sale of any Marvel movie in the series. Really? Well, I mean, yeah. have you seen the previews for it? No. I was actually kind of blown away because, you know, with Avengers and uh, I guess it was Captain America 3, right? When he was introduced. Oh, I think so. Yeah. And then he was Spider-Man. He was like everyone's favorite character. Yeah. And then you see, I mean, you get a hint of where he comes from and who he is a little bit, but you don't know much. The previews for Black Panther, I was like, uh, whoa, this looks like we're in like sci-fi future. That's crazy. So something about his, I don't, I don't know his origin story at all. So this... This looks different to me. I know, because like if I remember the previous stuff I'd seen, like them running across fields, and you expect them to be all in like desolate Africa, but no, these <laughs> yeah. people are like super cool. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be neat. Excited. Yeah. Okay. Good. So there's some fun. Now, okay, I do have to ask this though. There's a lot of sequels coming out, and there's also a lot oh. of reboots. What do you think? Well, are Are you like happy about that, or kind of like, oh, come on, give us some new original stuff? So I don't think I'm a good person to ask because if we're going to be frank, I probably haven't seen the originals because I grew up not watching movies or anything. So it's like a good way to engage people like me who haven't seen the originals. And maybe we might like the quote reboots, which will not be reboots to us. So I I don't know when it's used as just like a way to get cash cow. For example, this whole Spider-Man licensing issue. Like the reason why there's so many Spider-Man movies is because but the folks who own rented out the rights to Spider-Man were allowed to keep it only if they made more movies. And really, Spider-Man, the only reason why they, why they want to make more movies is because even if the movies flop, the merchandise for Spider-Man is the, the, the most sold merchandise item is any Spider-Man things because kids apparently just love Spider-Man. Hmm. So in order to keep those licensing rights, the merchandising rights to that stuff, you got to keep making movies, even if they're terrible. Now, I didn't yeah. know that. But that does make sense. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, it's kind of funny because you think, oh my gosh, not another Spider-Man movie. Oh, right. It's getting old. Now, that's, the- like, that's absolutely the, the thing we want. You know, guys, you know what we need? I think we need another Spider-Man oh, movie. Oh, I know. No. It's not like they've rebooted him enough in the last five years. <laughs> well, it's so interesting because I I, heard, I think it was Honest Trailers, maybe. I really, truly agreed with them that the new Spider-Man Homecoming was actually fantastic. Yeah, And I thought it was the best of the, the newest and it was yeah. really, really good. But they said that, you know, the whole the Tobey yeah. Maguire ones from like early 2000s and mid 2000s, it was kind of like the first one was awesome because right. it was new to us back then. There wasn't really anything right. else except for some of the old stuff. Right. The second one was like, oh, I, oh, I forgot about that one. The third one was all the emo. Oh, you know, what the heck? And then they were talking about the Andrew Garfield ones. And it's like we pretend re- those did not exist. Well, and nobody remembers them. That's that's kind of what they were talking about is like they were unforgettable. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's so true. I can't remember a thing that happened in those movies. Yeah. So, yeah. But this new one, it's like, yeah, I want to I want to watch it again. It was cool. But I heard those questions as to whether or not another Spider-Man will be made after this one, because they're trying to reconsolidate the licensing for Spider-Man. Is it Sony who owns Spider-Man? Or whoever owns Spider-Man, like allowed Marvel to kind of borrow Spider-Man and make that movie. And then the folks who actually like had 
had Spider-Man didn't like how much Marvel took ownership of the movie and felt like it was too much selling Marvel. So then they're trying to take it back and like might mm. not partner with Marvel to have this Spider-Man movie, have a second Spider-Man movie. So there's a lot of that. At least that was last time I read. Who knows? It might have changed by now. But it's, it's funny how those like backdoor licensing things kind of. Yeah. And dictate what we get to have or don't, don't get to have. Oh, it's crazy. Well, and just even getting a little bit of, uh, and again, this goes back to one of the guys I know that did executive production for Star Wars Rebels. He was actually responsible. One, one of the guys responsible for Young Justice, which was the, you know, the young DC superhero. Uh, it was an animated show as well. It was right. really, really well done. I guess they did two seasons and then it got canceled, not because of viewership, but because people didn't buy the merchandise. Yeah, so see merchandise. It's all about the merchandise. Yeah, it's crazy. The shows and the movies and everything all are successfully driven by merchandise sales. And he was telling us that, and I thought, I had no idea. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go buy toys personally, but yeah, there you go. It's like those silly little penguin Star Wars thingies. The penguin, the little <laughs> the, the porgs. Boys, like, <laughs> the porgs. Yeah. The porgs. They're literally only for merchandising. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So you well, saw... I mean, t- I have to ask you this though, because you were were going in saying, oh, I love the Porg. And you were so excited about Porgs going into it. Yeah. Once you actually saw the movie, are you still excited about Porgs? I mean, they're still empirically adorable, but there was like too much of them in there. Like the first, (laughs) second time, sure. But like the 10th time, I was like, you are milking this. Yep. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, apparently the history of them was that like the island that they shot this on was just full of all these like little penguins and so they were like well we need to cgi these penguins let's just make them cute things so okay, they well, made them kind of cool right? yeah so that's where they're that shape hmm. <laughs> thank you for reminding me of the milking that scene was wrong <laughs> i was like oh it's like oh did i need to see that i don't know i don't know if I need that to was see one that. of those unnecessary things like i went i'm not sure if i should laugh or like you know, throw up in my mouth right now. Like this is, <laughs> no, I don't, not really, I don't know what to make of this. It was just yeah. weird. You know, it's, it's so interesting. We're just these innocent viewers. We go to movies. We love our movies. Why did they get canceled? Why is there no more? You know, why did spike cancel Shannara crown? So on and so forth. It's all this little back, you know, voting with our dollars and yeah. voting with our time. They're just in this, you know, back room doing these negotiations. You know, somebody gets taken out by a hitman. Uh, you know, somebody else gets richer. It's just this huge mafia-owned scam, I think. How do they determine that TV shows are popular enough or not? Like, really, we should just have them shift over to online viewing and then track the online views. Because my generation, totally our agree. generation, we're all about online viewing. And yeah. I feel like a lot of the shows that we love to death, like the online community loves to death, were not taken into account because we're not TV watchers now. And I agree. They're, they're still using the old like TV household system to kind of track popularity. It doesn't work so well for folks like us who only use the internet. It's fascinating. So like I just read something about arrow and how um, the episode called Thanksgiving, which interestingly enough, and this is the first time they've ever done this aired on Thanksgiving. They've always oh. taken that week off. That's cute. It was really weird. And so they were like, oh, well, you know, we had it's the lowest viewership ever of Arrow. Well, duh. But what they were trying to say is, well, the episode was bad. Well, no, No. people were. Are you kidding? I I wasn't watching TV on Thanksgiving either. You know, right. So it's like eventually you're going to watch it later. Well, they did all of the ratings on 
whether or not people watched it at that time and it had the lowest ratings and there was all this concern and I thought it's Thanksgiving people you've got to be kidding me right so like, why does it have to be tracked on the day you're watching like yeah and again I don't watch on TV either I mean it's right. always digital so whether I'm going to CW watching it or whether you buy the episode and watch it later they don't track that I mean they do but they don't track it from a rating standpoint and so shows and can I'm live happy or die to by that. watch I'm happy to watch ads online for the for the show if it helps support the show but like i don't want to freaking watch the tv and have to sit through pharmaceutical ads all the time (laughs) odds of surviving one in 25 yeah it's it's (laughs) so true it's like because the thing is i'll go on to cw and watch either on roku after it's put up on there and that Mm -hmm. doesn't count for ratings and i and it should exactly i mean i'm sure it counts but they don't ever talk about it but it's like a three-fifths vote yeah oh it's so funny too because i was talking to some people about you know radio and how, oh, yeah, radio, radio. And I'm thinking like, dude, who I don't know anyone that listens to radio anymore. I mean, unless they're driving around an old beater that doesn't have like, you know, a plug for their phone or anything. And so that's all they have. They listen to radio. So Do you? I listen to radio. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're the first person no. I've met in a long time. Uh, it's usually mostly NPR. Um, and well, it's like NPR is different. And to be fair, it was before I had unlimited data on my phone. Now I just listen to podcasts all the time. So but I did listen, listen to radio, to radio mostly. Well, sometimes. Okay, lot, but okay, because you yeah. still but you listen to NPR. Yeah, I to listen. Me, to, so I just switched my radio consumption of NPR now to NPR podcasts. There you go. Yeah. So now, do you still just turn on some random radio station and listen to music and commercials and DJs? I am so lame. It would literally. I would sit there and find the NPR station and listen to that. See, to me, that's totally different because NPR is its own little quote animal, <laughs> which is, a, no, that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying that's, that's just kind of who they are. They're okay. like, you yeah. kind of have to listen to NPR on radio most of the time if you really want the full effect. But right. I'm talking about, you know, listening to a radio station that, that plays music and they've got commercials and they've got DJs. I used DJs. to when I was super religious and yeah. I actually like called into my Christian station and one time I won like 20 CDs. Wow, that's cool. Uh, so I used to when I was okay. and not so much anymore. But, uh, so I mean, so I the, used to listen to radio too and I did radio and all that, but I just find that nowadays with the, I mean, you've got your phone. With Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, Podcasts, Apple yeah, Music, Podcasts, exactly. all the things. Yeah. If people have the ability in their car, they're not turning their radio on for the most part, unless it's like True. nostalgia, True. like they're used to it. You know, they're of a generation that that's just what's familiar to them. And that um, right. there's nothing wrong with that. Or like I said, their stereo doesn't allow anything but radio stations. But see, I think that's that's because we're in our kind of insulated, like sort of middle class, younger millennial folk who like we get a majority of our consumption from the Internet, from our phones, from whatnot. But actually, like majority of the nation still uses radio, still uses TV. Like it's shocking, actually, for us who are kind of in these more urbanized areas. But I see those stats and I go, I mean, you're right. So I'm you're right. We're we're a little bit more urbanized. I don't know. I don't know anybody in the rural areas as much, but I guess my point of saying is that they were still using those Arbitron things where, you know, you, it's so funny because when I used to listen to radio, I never got picked for Arbitron. I actually applied for it because I'm like, I want to be one of the people, you know, I want to carry around this thing and I never. So I thought, who, who are these people? You know, how is Arbitron even really being measured? Is it really all that accurate? Right. It's fascinating. I've kind of stepped back and just say, are we, 
I mean, is there truth to these numbers of people who still listen to radio and watch, like you said, TV, you know, cable TV commercials, that kind of thing for the Nielsen ratings and all that? Or are they really starting to perpetuate somewhat of a lie so that they don't let people know that that kind of stuff and is And they dying become off? self-selecting, too. You yeah. actually look at the trends, the media consumption trends of Democrats versus Republicans, and there's actually a huge difference. Um, you see that uh, Democrats tend to, by and large, get their news from sources like Washington Post, New York Times, podcasts, like things that they vet. Um, and then Republicans tend to actually gravitate towards the TV and radio. Mm. So it's very interesting. Mm. There's that very stark divide. Um, that was a study that came out a months ago, I think. Well, yeah, and they were yeah. even showing that, you know, during the last election, just sort of like if if you really look at geographically, you can see kind of these different areas, you know, where, where like more Democrats will live and more Republicans will oh, live yeah. and so on. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I mean, it totally makes sense. I just never really thought of it like that before. But yeah, absolutely. you're right. And and I yeah. Hmm, interesting. And so that's the problem with like the um, the more polarization of our of our political system is like, that's why like you have kind of self-selection of, well, we're going to continue perpetuating this sort of news in this sort of on TV or radio, because that's what is popular for those people. And just like continuing to perpetuate that cycle. Yeah. Um, And I don't think that's healthy for us as American people. See, that's why we just need to start reading national Enquirer. Cause that's true. (laughs) I mean, yeah, cause that's the most right. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of polarization. Okay. Oh, I, you, you like pizza? I do. Okay. Do you have and or have had mod pizza or pizza rev? I feel like I've had mod pizza, but I don't know. Okay. So I only kind of like pizza. I take it back. Like <laughs> I grew up in a vegetarian sort of society where like pizza was the easy go-to for everyone. So sure. I just, in my mind, always thought you should never pay for pizza because it's always oh, free. Okay. Now dating folks who really love pizza, I've started like getting more on the pizza train, but yeah. So I Understood. do like pizza. I just don't go and get it very much. It's a um, newer concept and I'm saying newer because it's newer to me anyway. I don't know if it's been around longer in other states <laughs> and all that, but you know, in Colorado, it's a newer concept. So okay. mod pizza and pizza rev both do kind of this, let's call it a Qdoba slash subway style. Where, oh, we have that. We call it different names though. Yeah. You go in and it's like, pick your, your type of dough, crust, whatever. And yeah, then, yeah. you know, you pick your sauce and you, you pick everything basically. Right. Um, and you can, so you pay one price, you can get as much toppings on it as you want. And if and, you put too much, it's really soggy in the middle. Yeah. We have it called pyology. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so Sorry. good. And so we started off here with mod pizza, which I absolutely love. I don't know. For some reason, I think it's better than most pizza places nowadays, just because they actually do have relatively better ingredients, fresher ingredients. You know, you're not eating some of the low quality crap that a lot of the other pizza places do. Right. Pizza right. rev just came in recently as well so now we have two and i thought well that's oh. that, that's kind of funny they're competing and it's pretty brand new so it's kind of like oh, let's, let's see who's gonna win here and i know cj thunders had both he told me that he likes pizza rev better okay i've tried both now okay and uh so i was curious if anybody's had these because it's kind of like okay we're gonna have a little uh you know showdown here for oh. which one's here in better. california i've seen mod pizza i haven't tried it i've tried pyology I like my own pizzas because I make a great deep dish like Ooh. butter crust in oh. a cast iron skillet. It's real good. I'll be right over. Yeah. We are, sure uh, do you do like four inches of cheese as well? Oh, of course. 
<laughs> See, I finally so, like, had deep dish pizza in Chicago, you know, a few years back. Uh-huh. But the first time ever, and I was just like, oh my gosh. It's this so is good. amazing. Oh, so good. Yeah, and everybody here in Colorado, it's all New York. There's no Chicago style here at all. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, New York pizza is so good. I'm like, you know, I, I don't like thin <laughs> crust. I hate thin crust pizza. Yeah. So like with Mod, they have a double crust thing because it's oh. their, you know, pizza revs the same way. It's this signature thin crust. And I'm like, nope, give me the thicker one or give me well, the double the thin crust. crust is faster to cook. Yeah. And so it's all crispy. And I'm like, oh, it's like cookies. I don't like crispy cookies. I like soft. Yeah. So that's the beauty. Oh, butter deep dish crust. Dude, when it's like buttery and a little flaky. Oh, so oh my good. gosh. You have to explain this here because I'm getting really hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you take the dough and, and you put, you just cook, like soak it in butter. Is that, is, I mean, tell me, tell me how this works. Well, no, so like your, your crust, you can alter, alter like the levels of butter you put into it. Right. So it's actually like just the crust itself. It can be kind of a crumblier crust, similar to like Berkeley pizza. If you've ever had that, that's a kind of a, it's a take on Chicago style ish, yeah. but it's a little crumblier or else you can have more of a traditional kind of pizza crust, but then it's still deep dish. But you def- what you have to do is you have to take the cast iron skillet, you get it real hot, and then you brush it with oil mm-hmm. or butter or whatever you want, and then you like put the pizza crust in there. And then you have to make sure it's like two inches on the side. But it just mm-hmm. depends. Like if you put more butter in it and you let it sit for a little longer, then it can be more crumbly. It's good. Mm, I just have good. a recipe I like to go to. You have to use different recipes for the thin crust pizza versus the yeah. Chicago style pizza. Yeah. You know, my first job was Pizza Hut. And oh really? Yeah, it was kind of funny because I I never thought I'd work in food, but um, you know, it was a one time <laughs> thing. <laughs> what I did. How like, long was this one time thing? Oh, you know, summer. I think <laughs> it was about a year. I think. But anyway, okay. they have these amazing knives that are like half oh. moon, and that's a two handed blade, basically. Oh. And oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And it's you kind of, you do uh-huh. the the rocking motion basically yes. to cut these things. Oh my gosh, so awesome! You can't find them. Usually, have the little pizza roller cutters. Those things are yeah. so useless compared to this thing. And I mean, we're not we're talking. Probably a good twenty-four inches. I mean, it's like a but Klingon like a, blade. It's like a specialty blade, which you don't need unless you're a pizza place. Oh, like you really you do need not it. need it in you your kitchen. Apps all. Everybody needs it in their kitchen to defend their <laughs> home. You know, throw it a wall, practice. You know, have some fun. Anyway, uh, I have the philosophy of minimalism where I can. So yeah, I know, I know, minimalism oh, big, is so good. A big purchase for me this week that I'm super on fire about is a Vitamix. Oh. I've tried. I've tried all nice. the different types of like blenders and just they Hands finally out. got me. I was like, this is going to be our, my gift to us for like yay graduation and everything. Nice. Um, so me and my partner got it. Oh, it, it was like $500 at Costco, but it's a 10 year warranty and it comes with all the bells and whistles and it's a smart blender. Like it can tell my phone, hey, I'm overheating wow. or hey, you shouldn't do this anymore or you can turn it off with your phone. It's really stupid, wow. but. You just can't get the like the smoothness that no. Vitamix gets you. I tried the other guys; and it just doesn't compare. It's true. We have the old version of the Vitamix, so we don't have the you know, the mm-hmm. smart version. It was so funny because <laughs> we got a juicer because uh-huh. that was the big thing, you know, for a while, and and I I enjoy those, you know, but it was so much work. But Vitamix wasting... is better. Exactly. Well, I didn't know that though because we had oh. a just a regular standard like Cuisinart blender, and I'm like, oh, it's yes. all lumpy and ugh. right. So then we got the juicer and I thought you're wasting so much pulp and it's so expensive just to get a little juice. Then my parents got a Vitamix. We went down there and I'm like, this tastes like a juice. And like, it's the whole thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how did you do that? And yeah, I was kind of nerding out about it. So then it was awesome. It was this great story. We apparently with Bed Bath & Beyond, you can return things. Okay. For whatever reason, they they really don't care what the reason is. Just, you know, return it. You get your money back. So we returned our juicer. 
And somehow, based on some sale and coupons and everything else we had, we paid, I think it was $1 for the Vitamix. What? <laughs> it was amazing. So we got the Vitamix and we're like, oh my gosh, this is, yeah, I would love that thing. Yeah. Made so and much that's, in it. That's an example of minimizing. Like, you, yeah. you can use this for everything. You really can. Yeah. I mean, you can make soup with it. It's crazy. Ice cream. Yeah, oh, we've done so much ice cream. I make uh, my own little homemade non-alcoholic ginger beer. Oh, which how is do you do fun. that? Uh, you know, you first of all, you just take the ginger and you Vitamix it. So it's ginger juice. And then, um, okay. I mean, you don't need anything for that. But really, the Vitamix is the only way to get that, like you said, smoothness yeah. and kind of liquid yeah, yeah. consistency that you want. And then, yeah, other, I mean, you want that ginger juice. You pour a little bit in. I've, I've kind of messed that up in the past because I like a lot of ginger and most people don't. <laughs> so yeah. I have to be super careful on, you know, adjusting it to people's tastes. But yeah, it's it's as simple as make some kind of a simple syrup. It's easy. You just boil like sugar and water. Right. Is easiest. Or, you know, if you really don't want to do that, go get a coffee syrup. Go to get like Monin's coffee syrup and get coconut. That's a really good one. Oh, it tastes really good with that. And then you just put in coconut with ginger. Yeah. So it's a ginger beer, but it has like a tropical flavor. So it's really good. Oh, so all I do is I I squeeze lime in it and a little bit of ginger juice and you put in whatever kind of the sweetener is you're looking for carbonated water of some kind. It's pretty simple. It's really not that hard. And then you have it immediately like you don't let it ferment or anything. Oh, no, you just drink it right away. Oh, that's so good. But So like I'll Vitamix the ginger pieces up and then put it in a little jar and just keep it and just, you know, have them throughout the week. Oh, my goodness. I must do this now. Yeah, it's good. Oh. I mean, there are proportions out there and you can totally go with that. I don't like it as sweet as some of the places serve. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as make the ingredients and put in what you want and figure out the proportions you like and add. Oh, yeah. That's, you that's Asian cooking. Nice. That's like, how do you cook curries or how do you cook fried rice? I just look at it and feel it. Yeah. And just toss a little of this and toss a little of that. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because that's how I cook. Uh, yeah. So it's okay. I it's cook a Asian style. Of I didn't know. You cook Asian style. <laughs> Yeah, since you were nerding out about your very expensive, or not actually very expensive, but since you're uh, my cheap coffee, coffee ground, I figured I should like join join the train. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you could. Uh, I couldn't roast coffee in there. No. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh! Though the coffee's been so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's a spiritual experience. It really is. It's like wow! I forgot coffee could taste so good, and I've been buying coffee from. Here's the thing, though most most of the time when you buy coffee, in fact, I was just talking to somebody about this. They're always like, well, you know, what kind of coffee do you recommend I buy from the store? I'm like, first of all, don't buy coffee from the store. That's my first right. recommendation. It's, it was roasted right. six months ago and it's it's rancid and old. And of course, everybody listening is like, crap, that's where I buy my coffee. I'm telling you, it is a big difference. Here's what you can do. So if you if you were to do a pour over, you know, you take the little funnel and all that and you put the coffee right. grounds in there and you pour a little right. bit of water on it. If the coffee blooms and what that means is it looks like it's growing you know what I mean? Like yeah. It puffs out or whatever. That means that it's typically fresh and it's a high quality coffee. Good. Most coffee, you pour water the, over the, the top of it. Do it does nothing. Right. And which means it's old and it's probably not that good for you. So there you go. Try that. There's a little tip good, of the week. Good pro tip. Yeah. Thanks. And I know that you're just like, as soon as we get off this show, you're going to go find and you're just going to become a coffee addict, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, oh, speaking of coffee. Yes. I got to share this really quick. I can't tell you how many people have said, I miss the espresso shot. I miss your little short weekly episode. Well, I'm not going to go and, you know, do another weekly episode. It's just too much work right now, which is fine. But I figured I could reintroduce, reintegrate, implement, trying to think of all these like I words. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Reimagine. Reimagine the espresso shot here on our Friday episodes. And I have something really short to share. 
and it was really cool. I heard it this week and I thought this is really good. And you think, oh, yay, I've heard this before. But this was presented in a way that kind of blew my mind. It's about gratitude. You know, you should be thankful every day. Write down three things you're thankful for. I've talked about this on the show, too. You know, if you really want to have a good day, right? So the quote was gratitude as a practice truly and scientifically begins to shift the habits of the mind, which I think most of us probably know. If we practice gratitude, we practice thankfulness, then it's like, oh, you know, like my mind habitually starts to shift and I start seeing more of that rather than seeing the negative. Then the quote went on to say, one of the biggest habits the mind has is to continually look for problems. So apparently habitually, that's what we go after our problems. And then, oh man, this one, this is it. Ready? Looking for problems that does that through comparing, judging, and fixing. Yeah. And immediately I said, well, I don't judge people. You know, I don't try to fix people. I don't, I, I don't compare myself to people. I used to do that that's a lot. A right? I know. And then I went, oh my gosh, no, that's not true because even saying that I don't compare myself to people You're is comparing automatically yourself. comparing because I'm saying I'm better than others. Yep. And I fix people all the time and I'm not doing it out of like, you need to be fixed. I do right. it out. You know, somebody says, well, blah, blah, blah. Here's a problem. Yada, yada. And I go, oh, well, have you tried this? I immediately right. am trying to fix them because I'm looking now. Granted, there's one way to say if somebody's asking for help, they're looking for an answer or a solution. Well, of course you can, you know, you can offer that. But I've done this on the show so much that it's like, oh, here's a problem in the world and it's bugging me and we need to have a healthy response to it. What do you think that is? I'm focusing on comparing, judging and fixing. Yep. Oh my gosh. So that kind of blew me away a little bit. Well, this is why like whenever I tell people like don't complain unless you can give me a solution to it. Yeah. Oh, thank God. You're one of those. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, it's awesome. I, no, I'm so much like that because I'm a pragmatist. And I'm just like, what's the point of just complaining if you if we d- can't come up with something positive or something better to make out of it? You're the second person I've ever met that has ever said that. <laughs> it's so interesting because most of the time, and I hear this, they, they tell men this especially. When, when your wife or girlfriend or whatever, you know, blah, 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 wants to vent about something, just shut up and listen. Don't, don't try to fix. And I thought, okay, you know, this is stuff I've learned throughout my entire life. But it goes back to what you just said. If some, who cares if it's a, a woman or a man, it doesn't matter. But if somebody is sitting there and just quote venting or complaining and all that, like you said, then what, what good does it do if you just stop there? Right. If you don't ever find some kind of a yeah. solution or a healthy response or whatever, then you just get into that habit of complaining all the time. And that's not yeah. healthy for anyone. Absolutely. And I think there's a time and place for like a little bit of the venting. Like I get that. Totally. And I think it's important. Yeah. Totally. But, uh, People who chronically all they do is complain, I, I can't stand it. I'll just be like, I want to help you solve this problem, please. Yeah. And so I have this belief as well that sometimes you just need to process for something. Right. And there's no reason to say, well, you're not allowed to talk about it because then you bottle it up and that's not good. Right. But, you know, give it 15 minutes, you know, complain about it, vent about it, process through it and then say, OK, take a deep breath. Now let's find a way to solve this, move forward and have gratitude. <laughs> Or like, what can I learn from this and how can it make me better? Yeah. Like my thing I always like to tell people is like, I'm thankful for everything that has have ever happened to me, good or bad, because at least it's made me the person I am today who I like, who yeah. I, or at least I think I like. So. <laughs> well, and as a result, you'll have no regrets. Exactly. I got to practice this for the very first time because right after okay. I, I read this whole thing, a friend of mine made a comment that was frustrating to me because mm-hmm. it, it's basically an excuse, you know? Self-defeatist or... Yeah, it's the whole, I don't have time, but I will win. Yeah. You know what I mean? When this happens, then I'll have time. Well, he's been saying that for six years. 
Yep. And it's never changed. And I wanted to say, you know, if that's how you look at life, it will always be that way. I wanted to say that. And I was like, no, I just heard that I can't judge, fix and compare anymore. And I said, well, when you have time, I will always be available. Give it enough notice. And I let it go. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was so hard. But it was it was good. I don't know if he cared or not. I'm glad. I'm glad that like, you know, you figure out how to be supportive for them. Yeah. And like you said, you learn what not to do or go on and so forth. Okay, I'm going to share something really crazy here. Okay, Uh, you, you well, you will enjoy this because it involves gaming. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So apparently there's this company that has invented a quote holodeck. So from Star Trek, you know. Oh, it's a partial holodeck, but they actually went into different technology, um, you know, as far as pixels and how they uh, create things and that kind of thing. And it's the company Euclidean. And apparently they've had a lot of debate over the years. I didn't really know, but this video was talking about how they've been attacked because in computer graphics, things are based on polygons. And so that's why, like, if you're looking at the ground, everything looks flat, you know, rocks can look really weird trees you know leaves i mean you've seen this stuff right so apparently euclidean has found a way to create graphics based on atoms versus polygons i don't know how the technology works but everyone's like oh it's not possible but they were showing a demo of this and how they're recreating this with the holodeck thing where you know you're going to stand in this room and it's going to basically it's going to have you know the little squares and everything like you would see on star trek and then it's going to turn into this holographic room and then you can, you know, digitally interact. It's not like you can touch things like you could in Star Trek. But yeah, isn't that cool? That is really cool. Crazy how like much we've gone forward in technology and how much further we're still going. It's cool when somebody comes up with something totally groundbreakingly new because people are like, oh, well, polygons, it's just the way it is. And right. then that actually the, the other thing they described was that how many polygons you fit into a certain space. So if you want uh-huh. to create a rock. The more polygons you fit into that rock, the more, you know, graphic power it's going to require. Apparently with the atom thing that they did, rather than a polygon, it doesn't require any more graphics power. So you can go full on crazy. You know, you can put it. What did they say? Something like we can put in one million atoms into a rock versus, you know, 60 polygons. And, uh, you know, your graphics card isn't going to be any more taxed. And I thought, oh, my gosh. So I don't know. To me, that's just cool. Totally nerding out about that one. Right. I'm that's just, just waiting. insane. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But while we're in games really quick. Okay. Tell me about this game. Oh, man. So it's um, the O'Meal, which I absolutely love. He had his original game, right? Exploding Kittens. And now he has a new game <gasps> called Bear vs. Babies. Full of the crude, wonderful oatmeal humor and <laughs> drawings. But now it's like monsters now versus what are babies. So basically the idea is that you as a player get to build quote bears. Uh, they're not necessarily bears, but they call them bears. They're monsters. They have heads, um, bodies, arms, and like various attachments like chainsaws and whatnot. And basically they add up to be a certain like attack power of said monster. Nice. Um, you get those by drawing cards. And there's a certain amount of like actions you can ter- do per turn, such as either building these bears or drawing more cards or whatever. Um, and then babies also get drawn and they get stuck in the middle. And you basically ha- have to try to fight these babies and you can decide <laughs> to like, and, and babies have a certain amount of attack power too. And that's determined by the number on the card. And ultimately the person who beats the most babies 
and gets them, <laughs> gets said cards, is the winner. So the most abusive person, I guess, is the winner. That is awesome. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's a good one. It's a it's a fun kind of casual gaming sort of game. It's like 15, 20 minutes at most. You can play with folks and it's pretty, it's super easy to pick up. I would say it's actually easier than Exploding Kit. But it's the same designer you said. Oh, it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking it's at it right O'Neill. now. Yeah, ah, I love this. So we just and, played Exploding Kittens for the first time. So that's why I was really? like, oh, that was, that was such a fun game. Really yeah. enjoy. I know I knew it was around, but just finally played it. I have the Not Safe for Work deck, which like oh. meows when you open up the box. Um, <laughs> and it's full of Not Safe for Work things like Pope cards or something. It's, yeah. it's just dastardly like the oatmeal is watched to do. It's wonderful. Oh, funny. I really enjoyed that game, but I didn't know. The, so what was crazy is I didn't realize that it, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've seen things on Kickstarter, but I didn't realize it was the most successful Kickstarter ever. Oh, yeah. And I, I bought into that Kickstarter. Wow. Yeah. 8.7 million raised. That's insane. Okay, that's wow. So what did you get for buying into it? Uh, you got the game. Oh, OK. At the right time. And then uh, I don't know if the box had it or not, but our box like would meow at us. So, OK. Yep. That's neat. Yeah, it would be fun to, I would like to get the game now because it's like, oh, this is a fun game to play and Furioso, you know, shared it with us. So that was really nice, but. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But bears versus babies. Now you got to look at that one. See, I like games like this. I was always a big fan of the flux games because those are so random and, you know, they've done all kinds of like, I think one of my favorite ones is uh, the regular show flux and firefly flux. Those are really, really Ah. fun. And then like the munchkin games are so much fun too because they're they're kind of a hack on like dungeons and dragons and you know don't take yourself too seriously sort of thing but it's a card game yeah yeah so you're a are you a card game kind of lover then i like all games honestly like really am any kind of pc well (laughs) i won't say that i like pc games i like console games if i have people to play with i'm a social gamer though i am i'm a social gamer as well yeah yeah and i love any kind of tabletop or card or whatever yes i have too many of them i have like (laughs) 20 or so games well that's good Uh, maybe more yeah but the problem is i don't have a lot of people to play with but my favorite game of all time if i may have a plug is betrayal on on haunted hill Mm. i don't know if you've played it but it is a phenomenal game it's a modular game like you work everybody works together to quote build the house and then at some point you trigger the haunting thing and basically one person becomes the enemy or the the haunter and then everybody else becomes the heroes and you separate out and the depending on how you triggered said haunting, you get to read a certain permutation of the game. There's 50 permutations in the base set and then there's 50 more in the expansion. There's 100 permutations. And so you read the booklet, you figure out what's your objective. So it's really fun because that means that you never really play the same game twice. And it's generally easy enough to follow. And it's good for like beginners and not beginners alike because at least beginners can hang out, can work with folks on the hero side to at least try to figure out the game. It's a pretty fun game. I love it to death. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's a problem with finding people to game with sometimes too, especially, you know, the, those kind of games too, where you have to get a little more in depth and people are like, Ooh, you know, yeah. I want to take, I'm hearing about a lot of gaming groups though, where, yeah. you know, they're meeting at coffee shops and other places like that on certain Ooh, nights yeah. and people are just getting together and bringing games. And, and I'm glad that's happening because we need yeah. more community. It's a great way to have it. I agree. Well, and finding, I mean, I know we all play overwatch and stuff, but I would like to find, more games that we could all socially interact with, you know, since, you know, you're in California and we're not going to get together to play board games. Obviously that's the cool part about having online gaming is you can connect with other people. 
in other geographical regions, which is fun, but finding like, so for example, I, I know it's a slightly older game, but it's an old series. I guess it's been around since the nineties or eighties, maybe the shadow run universe. Have you heard oh, of it? I don't know that. No, I don't know much about it. I've heard of it, you know, over the years, but I think it's been around since the eighties, if, if you can believe that, but huh. well, I don't know when it was released, but it's called shadow run chronicles and it's the Boston lockdown version. And it's sort of a, God, what do you call it? Like a third person above, sort of thing where it's turn-based, but you know, it's graphic. Okay. Like you're actually playing a character and it's hard to explain, but you know, your team versus missions on AI and stuff like that. But anyway, it's, it's really fun. It's something I've never really done before, but it's definitely very team-based. You're supposed to do that on purpose. Yeah. Sounds great. But there's some fun games like that, that I love playing that are just a little different or like, you know, we've talked about guild wars and that game is so intended to be multiplayer. Yeah. Not just, you know, people are like, oh, I got to solo this game. Like, <laughs> it's not meant to be that way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's And fun. I have my, like, I have my gaming buddies. So I've been playing a lot of uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. Games are fun. I know. They're yeah. great. I love it. I have a lot more to talk about, but let's just stop. I know. We always have more to talk about. <laughs> Which means you have to come back. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Did you know that next week's the 100th episode of, of this show? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, something big planned. No, I don't know what to do, <laughs> but I don't know. I have to figure something out. I don't know if you have any ideas, you know, let me know. Cause I'm put together your favorite clips. Yeah. yeah. The- <laughs> You'd have to sit down and listen to a hundred episodes. See, that's what I'm oh, saying. There's only so much time to, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it'll be fun one way or the other because it's, you know, it's a hundred episodes. Oh, that's yeah. exciting, but you know what the music means. Thanks for joining me again this week. This is what three episodes in a month that you've been on a little over a month. I think so. That's crazy. Maybe a little fun. Yeah. You might be holding a record here soon. <laughs> really? What's the record? Oh, no, I re- well, Night Fox was on a while, but yeah, we'll see. It'll be fun. But thanks, Anna. I really fun. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I love it. RealBrianShow.com, and we're signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514MediaEmpire.com.